Before we jump into this episode, let's hear from DJ JC and the Brutal Block, exclusively on Super Cool Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is DJ JC, and I'm one of the DJs over at Super Cool Radio. I host a one-hour metal show called The Brutal Block. We have new episodes every Tuesday, dropping at noon. So if heavy metal music is something that you're into, then make your way over to The Brutal Block. Throw up the horns, and let's get rockin'. everyone i am matthew thomas this is super cool radio have a great guest with me at this time she's an amazing guitarist and has toured performing at several u.s military bases in the u.s and overseas has performed in support of pride festivals and lgbtq plus events throughout the u.s performed at lucas oil stadium as part of the halftime show please welcome jd Danner. <laughs> wow. Thank you for that intro. I appreciate that so much. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. This is so awesome. I love your show. Um, I've watched some episodes since Liv had booked me on here. So it, I love what you're doing. Well, I very much appreciate it. Yeah, my intros are sometimes elaborate depending on uh, how I feel, but I try to give a, a good amount of information so that people are already introduced and then we can roll with the conversation. But I do appreciate you checking out my show. It means a whole lot to me. Mm, oh, yeah, of course. So before we jump into everything, I know, as I said in the intro, we got quite a bit to discuss. Mm-hmm. But I want to start with this question because I know the pandemic has really, it really changed the world very fast and we're still obviously adjusting and kind of getting back to somewhat normal. What is one thing you learned about yourself because of the pandemic? Um, I think the best thing I learned about myself was that I was able to roll with the punches and stay in the business and the in the entertainment and the music part of it, because I used that downtime to write uh, write a song, which w- is loosely based on the experience of being in lockdown during the pandemic, and uh, and also us. Uh, I started a podcast as a means to reach the audience, so it. I really learned a lot more about the technology around all of that, also because. Uh, Prior to that, I wasn't using Zoom and I wasn't using anything to reach people beyond local local venues. So it's really nice to know that there's a way to literally reach the entire world. I mean, I was playing music from my bedroom, uh, doing a little show on Saturday night during lockdown. And I was getting people saying hello from Italy, hello from England, hello from Russia. Well, maybe not Russia but Spain and all different parts of the world. And it was just amazing. You know, it was, it was just really nice to see that people were out there uh, uniting during a time when literally the whole world had the same problem. 
I definitely agree, and it I think it allowed more like time. Obviously, there's more you know more time to do stuff with like the lockdown and stuff, but. I think allowed more connection as you were talking about with people, especially, you know, maybe not being able to see them physically, but to make connections with all those, you know, different countries outside the U S I know I, I started the podcast right before the pandemic. So I didn't really, you know, I was already kind of equipped to do like the zoom and you know mm-hmm. what we're doing right now, but it, it kind of definitely was beneficial uh, when uh, everything happened. Cause I was already set up for it. Yeah. Yeah, what a great way to uh, expand your audience, literally all over the globe. Exactly. It's, it, it's kind of cool. Like, uh, I know since I've been doing this, like, my third biggest audience is Germany. And that kind of surprised me for, you know, being uh, American. I haven't actually traveled mm-hmm. outside the U.S. To, to reach people in Germany. Uh, it's just amazing for me. That, that is amazing. And actually, I meant to say Germany, not Russia. <laughs> it was, but on that part of the world, you know, it was just great to be reaching people. And I think that also says something about how music just transcends through language and, you know, and demographics. So it was really, really nice to, uh, to have that happen and to see that, that we can go on as, as a people. People just found a way to continue on. Definitely. I think a lot of people uh, adapted very quickly, you know, as, as I just said, like doing stuff like this digitally, where you can do a lot of things from home, working from home, all of that. People are able to adapt. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, but for you, so uh, I know you, you mentioned uh, your podcast. Uh, can you give a little bit, uh, what is your podcast? Uh, the, my podcast is called Rainbow Re- The Rainbow Remix. And I started it with a friend of mine, who uh, lives in, in England. She, I met her here and she used to do a show called The Lesbian Lounge, which reached out to the LGBTQ community, particularly the women. And I had been a guest on her show and that was year, she had that years ago, like in the early 2000s. So um, when I was in lockdown, when we were in lockdown and I saw where that little Saturday night show I was doing was reaching the whole world, um, I said, you know, I, I called her up. Her name is Denise Warner. And I said, you know, hey, Denise, I'm thinking about doing a podcast because I've now discovered Zoom and the magic of reaching the world with that. And uh, I'd like to have you on as a guest. And the more we talked about it, she said, why don't we co-host? And we thought, how cool would that be? Because we're co-hosting from two different sides of the world. So, um, so that started like in September of 2020. And we've been going since then. And it's been uh, quite an interesting journey. Um, She was able to reach back and get some of the guests from when she had her show. It it was actually called internet radio back then. I don't think podcast was was a word back then. But we used, um, you know, we, we, she was reached into her files and we, we started out, we were able to kickstart with those guests. And then, um, you know, we've built it since then. And, And it was just really nice to see how we could just reach so many people, like I said. I mean, we're literally, I'm sure you you experienced this. She's in one time zone, I'm in another, and we might have a guest, one time we had a guest in Bulgaria, or we might have a guest in Scotland or a guest in LA. So we have to write all the different time zones down for the one show. <laughs> but it's yeah. been long. No, it definitely sounds like it. I'm gonna, I'll drop some links uh, for your podcast in the description of this one as yeah. well. Uh, but yeah, time zones are always 
you know, so sometimes tricky, especially like I've had guests like in Australia and all that. So, you know, it's like, like 12 or 14 hours ahead of us. So, no, I definitely feel you on that. That's why I've, I've become better with like knowing when time zones are. Cause like someone asked me about a time zone, like the Philippines, I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's this amount of hours. And like, oh, how do you know that? And I go, oh, I have a podcast, so I have to know time zones. <laughs> yeah, I usually leave that the world clock up to Denise, but um, but basically, our the premise of our show is the is arts and entertainment um, community and the LGBTQ community. So that's pretty much our focus. Definitely, yeah. No, I uh, it's it sounds, I really like the theme of it, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna check that out. And again, the links will be in the description as well. No, thank, uh, you. thank of you. Of course. And now I, I want to focus on you uh, a little bit now. Uh, so you're a guitarist, as I said in the intro. So how did you get started, and who was like your inspiration to uh, start playing guitar? Initially, like from an early age, my grandma because I came from a musical family and uh, every one of us like kids needed to learn the piano. We were required to learn the piano. By the time we were like seven years old, we were getting lessons. So the piano was like the main focus of the, of the first instrument that we would play. But my grandma played the ukulele and I was a little kid and I could hold that in my hands better than a guitar. And she taught me how to play songs on the ukulele. So I, I kind of had a taste for it back then. And then I didn't play guitar till I was in my 30s. I didn't actually like pick up a guitar and play until I started writing music. Even in my first band, I was playing drums and then I fronted as a singer. But I, I really learned guitar as a necessity to write music and then to perform that music because I started out when I after I became I, I wasn't doing the covers and I was trying to do shows playing original music as, as a songwriter. Um, and I had a CD out. I needed to now promote that. So I was playing in coffee houses and we used to have bookstores down here that no longer exist where they had a corner of the bookstore was, was like a little cafe. So I was playing in those places as well. And they really didn't pay very much. You were either playing for tips you were playing for like 50 bucks. So suddenly I didn't have a band because I wasn't paying anyone. So I had the, now the, a mother is the uh, necessity is the mother of invention, they say. So I was uh, now needing to learn how to play the guitar more proficiently than just to write music. So I, I started playing and I learned how to play guitar that way out of a necessity to play my original music out. I, I didn't know that actually most of that actually you know when you started playing guitar and uh, you know out of out of a necessity but you know I know that necessity uh, obviously you're still playing guitar so you know obviously you have a uh, passion interest for it was yeah. it, uh, was it a little bit of like a, a learning curve like because uh, I I know many people I've talked to started when they're like teenagers or early twenties was there a learning curve for you starting uh, in your thirties. Most definitely it was a learning curve. And, and what I did initially when I started booking gigs to play my original music is I, I did hire one guitar player from my band to be like my training wheels. So he played with me and that's how I was learning. So that way he was there to have my back, you know, so in case I messed up, he got the right chord in there. And then after about six months of doing that, he pushed me out. I did it on my own and, you know, then I just went out and did it. But 
you know, I, I still consider myself a singer songwriter who accompanies myself with the guitar. I don't really consider myself a guitarist, but I play enough that, you know, I can get the message across and, 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 you know, get the music out, which was my, my main focus and my goal to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and your first show without your uh, your training wheels, without the other guitarists, were were you nervous? Were you you know prepared? How how were you feeling? I was super nervous. I was literally shaking a little bit getting out there and doing it alone. I mean, the thing that probably helped me more than anything was the fact that I had a pretty good repertoire already built up from when I played with the band, so I was able to throw some covers in there. And I was comfortable. I was more comfortable with the covers at that point than I was with my original music. So it, it kind of like helped me segue into playing my own songs. And uh, it just eventually that stage fright from that went away and um, and it just took off. And it was something I actually preferred to do for a while because it was nice to get the message of my original music out and, and get the feedback from people who were actually listening to the lyrics. Definitely, for sure. And I know you said, uh, you know, you just said, you know, message in your music. I did want to talk about that because, you know, going through your music and, um, you know, all the, you know, the military base you performed at, the LGBTQ plus events you played at. So, like, what is the message you want to tell people through your music? I like to always promote the uh, idea of daring to dream, like to always, to never feel like there's a reason why you can't have a dream. Like people always put limits on themselves, I think. Like I'm too old, um, it's not my field. I, you know, I went to school for something else, so I shouldn't try this. Um, there's a million reasons why people, especially women, I find women like say, you know, in their forties and older feel like some of them has have raised families or they're already in a career that they started, but they might have a dream to, be a singer or be a writer. And sometimes we hold ourselves back by limitation. So a lot of my songs are about pushing the envelope and, and going for your dream or getting into, into a place where you might not be comfortable, but you go there anyway, because you have a goal and a mission. And, and I also like to be philanthropic with my music. So I've written quite a few songs with the mission of promoting a cause that I believe in. So I, I wrote Shelter from the Shame was a song I wrote for an, an organization to make awareness and to help stop domestic violence. And uh, A Brand New Angel I wrote for my friend that passed away from breast cancer. And I then used that song to play for the American Cancer Society Relay for Life events. And I toured Florida playing, playing for that. So I like to try to also link my songs with with a way I could help other people. Yeah, it's that connection that I know we were talking about, you know, before a little bit, but in a different way of just um, and, uh, the connection and getting the message out there, like through these um, different you know, organizations, charities, and all that stuff, and you know, to match the music up to the themes of it, I think is is really important and truly incredible as well. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a wonderful uh, synergy to just, it's a win-win. You know, you get out there, you write a song, and, and to know that you have touched someone's life and possibly changed it for the better 
is a feeling that um, it's just, it's priceless. You can't explain that. Um, just in particular, one situation, one story of a song, a song I wrote, Shelter from the Shame. Um, we did a video for that song and we did a single as a fundraiser for this organization to stop domestic violence. And I did a show and there was a woman at that show that apparently got a CD and I never met her. And about three years after that show, I got an email from her saying that she got a CD at my, at my show and she, uh, she specifically bought that one because she was in an abusive relationship at the time. And she said, your song, Sheltered from the Shame, not only helped me get out of that abusive relationship, but I went on to work with an organization that started a shelter to help women and children who are victims of domestic violence in another state. So she moved to another state and she started this. So it was so amazing to know that. And I really appreciated her reaching back and letting me know because I never met her. I don't know who she is till today. So it was just nice to get that information. It definitely is. And again, you know, the, the connection, uh, you know, between you and that person, even though you've never, never met, never saw each other in real life, but she, the impact your music had on her to uh, get out of the abusive relationship, to actually help people in that situation, that's truly amazing. Yeah, that was for me because I'm, a, you know, I'm an independent artist in South Florida, and to reach someone that way was just really, uh, you know, I, I can't even explain the feeling of, you know like that's the goal and you you accomplish that you know and and so i hope that there are other stories like that i would hope that that song helped other people as well it's a the impact you have you know uh, to better someone's life and not even you know you know seeing it right away or you know hearing the stories right away but that is it's truly incredible to hear that and just the impact you had to better someone's life is amazing the interesting thing about that also, um, Matthew, is that the day I got that email, I was on a trip back from a show that we played that was about four hours away. It was in Lakeland, Florida. And it was supposed to be this big music festival that as a band, we were getting, we were supposed to get management from this performance. So we went over there with big hopes and I paid for everything. I paid for all of the travel expense because to me it was an investment in the band. I paid for everyone's rooms. I paid for everyone's meals, travel, whatever. And we get there and the whole thing was a complete scam. So here we are playing on a stage. There was no one at this festival. I The people that supposedly were running this festival were nowhere to be found. The guy that was having conference calls with me that it sounded like I was talking to, you know, Atlantic Records, was none of it was real. So we leave and we're driving home and I was embarrassed about bringing my band to this and making everyone travel four hours. I was angry that this happened. I was frustrated. It was just really hurtful on top of everything because you feel like, you know, what am I doing? I actually, that's how I felt at the time. Like, what am I doing? I'm driving, we were coming back. I wasn't driving. I was sitting in the back of the of the truck and I'm like, at the time I had an SUV and I was like, why am I even doing this? What's the point? 
Like it's more heartache than anything. And, you know, you deal with rejection, you deal with disappointment. And it's just like, that was one step too far because I dragged everyone with me on this one. And while I'm sitting in the back of the SUV and we're driving down the road, coming home, I get that email. I check my email. So the question of why am I doing this just brought me right back to, wow, that's the reason, you know, like forget what happened just now, because that just, that just made everything different. So yeah, you have moments. I've had many moments of that where I was just ready to give up and something happened to pull me back in and say, this is what you're meant to be doing. It's those moments in life. You know, they always seem to come at the, the, the opportune time, you know, like something horrible, like, you know, a scam festival, but then you get an email like that, that you positively inf uh, impacted someone's life. It, mm -hmm. it does balance out. And it is the reason, you know, it's, it's the reason I do my stuff. It's the reason you play music. And it, you know, it does happen at, at the best times when, when things like that, with, with things like that. Definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> It's sadly not the first time I've heard about uh, a festival that not not happening. And it, it always makes me mad. I'm not even part of it, you know, any of those stuff. Yeah. But it's it's sad when that happens. It is because people try to profit on someone else's dream. So it's crushing in many, many ways. Yeah, definitely. And it, the thing that bothers me about, like, you know, there's some great festivals go on, but then you hear stuff like that and it makes you like question like, you know, the music industry or like the people, the promoters and all that stuff. And it just negatively affects the whole like entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. And that's why the reason as artists, I think I'm not the only one that you sometimes ask yourself, why am I doing this? Like, why do I put myself through this? I could be just relaxing and going to a movie or watching someone else play music. And why am I, why am I here? And then something happens to show you. I know it always happens like that for me. So, yeah, I hope it keeps going, happening. <laughs> I, I hope so for, for you as well. And it sounds like, you know, again, those moments definitely outweigh uh, all, all the events, like, like uh, the other things that do happen. Mm -hmm. So definitely yeah. worth it. Uh, but for you, I did want, I did want to cover this. Uh, you've done... So much great work for our troops, including you know, going to the U.S. military bases domestically and overseas. How did how did you start um, getting involved with the U.S. military and our troops? The interesting thing about that, Matthew, is I did not get involved because I was in the military or anyone I knew was in the military, or even because of one of my patriotic songs. I got involved in performing for the troops through that song, "Shelter from the Shame." because there's a, a, there was an army wife at Fort Hood, which is a pretty big, one of the biggest army bases in the country in Colleen, Texas. And I got an email from her and she said, would you like to come and perform Shelter from the Shame at Fort Hood for our event called Stand Down Day, which was an event that they closed the whole base for one day. And it was to bring, a awareness to the domestic violence in the military. So I said, sure, I would love to come and do that. So I went there and I performed the song and I met so many wonderful people in the military, both our men and women in the military and their families. So after I performed that song, they invited me back to perform another show. And that just started me 
performing at the bases all around the country and overseas a couple of times overseas. So it was it, it was always interesting to me that I started playing the bases because of a song about domestic violence that was not anything to do with the military, but from those experiences, I wrote Thanks to the Brave, and I wrote all the other songs that came after that in support of our troops and their families. It's really interesting, you know, we, we talked about Shelter for the Shame, uh, we talked about that and like, you know, the impact it had on someone else, but then, you know, to make the connection to the military with that same song, it, it is cool, again, how music, you know, it, uh, it has like, you know, the themes just happen to apply to many different things. I think that is really awesome. Oh, definitely. It's amazing, the power of music. It definitely is. It's it's universal language is what I like to say, because, you know, there's people who, I, I've, I've talked to many different people, and the music, even in, they travel overseas and stuff, the people who don't speak English are still connecting with the songs and actually singing back to the bands. It, it's so cool to have like moments like that happen and that it connects people from different countries with different languages and everything, that it's that connection. Oh, definitely. It's a beautiful thing. It's, it's just, it's magical. It definitely, that, that is a great word to use. It definitely is magical. Mm -hmm. So for you, and this kind of goes along um, with uh, the U.S. military base a little bit. Uh, so you had the opportunity to perform uh, at the Indianapolis Colts halftime show at Lucas Oil Stadium, which uh, being from Indiana, I think that is cool. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, yeah uh, I'm from South Bend. Uh, so how did you like prepare for the show and how was it performing uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium? That was such a great experience. And it, it all came from, I put that song, Thanks to the Brave, on a site for uh, called Music for the Troops where the troops could go on and take the music for free. So it was out there and I had it on a few different sites like that. And I get an email one day from a girl that says, I'm a professional cheerleader, but she didn't tell me what team. So in my mind, I was thinking she was a college, she was you know a cheerleader for a college team because I never thought the NFL would be reaching out to me. And so, she, I'm assuming it's, you know, it's a college or whatever. And I said to her, you know, I, she asked me if she could have my song uh, without the main vocal on it, like a karaoke version. So she could sing it for a tour they were doing for the troops. They were doing a USO tour and they were going overseas. So um, I said, sure, I need to get some information from the person that's in charge of this tour. So, um, I get, so the woman calls me and it comes to find out that it's the Indianapolis Colts and it's the NFL. And I was like, oh my God, it's the NFL. So, so the woman said, it was so nice. And she said to me, look, if you make a video, we'll play it behind Allison. That was a cheerleader that was singing my song and that will promote you and put, make sure you put your contact information at, in the video somewhere. And that was their thank you to me. So I made a video and uh, they went and did the tour and she just really appreciated so much that they then invited me to play a halftime show at a home game. And I couldn't believe it actually happened because it was a few months of talking about it and planning the logistics of getting me there until it, you know, it actually was all you know, in place and the plan was there. And it was a great, it was surreal. And I'm not a football fan, so you know, I don't, 
I don't, you know, I just watched, I've seen it on TV, right? So it was so surreal to come out through the tunnel and walk around the perimeter of the field and look to my left and see the game, like right there going on in front of me. And even not being a football fan, it was amazing to me. It was just a really amazing 15 minute moments of fame or, you know, it was gone in a minute. Like it was 15 minutes of coming on the field, walking around, going and singing my song and then you're off the field because the halftime shows are shorter when they're not televised. That wasn't a televised game. But uh, anyway, it was just an amazing, really just surreal once in a lifetime thing that I, the thing that was so special to me was I was invited to play my song, my original song that I wrote um, with my, my co-writer, Keith Ridenauer. Um, we sat down and I told him about my tour and how I felt, you know, coming after meeting all the people and moms and dads and the husbands and wives and the men and women in the military. And to know that that experience that moved into a song, I was getting to sing in a football stadium. There had to be like 60,000 people there that day. Was something I couldn't think about and get nervous about until it was done. I got super nervous and sick to my stomach when I got back to the hotel. I don't know, it, like I was just on autopilot the whole time until it was over. And I went back to the room and I was just like totally sick to my stomach like I should have been before the show. So it was a great, great experience. It sounds like a wonderful experience. I know I've been to the Lucas Oil Stadium a few times. It's it's a great looking stadium, but it's also, it's huge. It's a huge stadium. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to have it like, you, everything kind of hits you like after the show afterwards is when it finally like sunk in like everything that went down the thing that made me so extra nervous that day was all the planning and conversations i had going on before they told me it's a very quick show so we'll introduce you when you just start singing the song you don't need to say anything but the morning when we did a dress rehearsal, we did like a, a dress rehearsal like at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, they say, why don't you say a few words? And I'm like, oh my God, I could have planned this for like, you know, months leading up to this. And now I got to think of something in the next few hours. So from that moment till the time I actually went on, I was like going through everything in my head of what I wanted to say before. And it might have been better that way that it happened that way because I didn't. I didn't even have time to stress about it. I just needed to do it. So, yeah, it was great. It was awesome. It, it's more organic, you know, like uh, when yeah. stuff like that happens. So, no, it, it sounded like a great experience. I'm glad you're able to, you know, they invited you. The NFL invited you and you're able to perform you know, your own original music. Truly incredible. Thank you. Thank you. So, I know uh, we've been talking a lot, a lot about, you know, music music. Uh, uh, moments from your music career uh, and we've talked about a lot of great ones what are some of your most favorite that uh, we haven't discussed yet um, I think getting to go to Guantanamo Bay was an amazing thing for me to travel to a base that was right next to Cuba I mean we got uh, a tour of the base we were there we did a Memorial Day weekend show so we were there for the weekend and uh, we got to see, they have, a, um, they have an area that's a, a memorial area 
for the people that didn't make it coming over, um, you know, from all these countries where they try to come over to get to the base. Because once they get there, they have um, amnesty. So they they can come and get, and they're safe when they make it there. But they have um, the actual boats, like they show you, and they're not boats by any means. It's like a rowboat with a car motor in the middle. And they'll, you know, they have signs next to it telling you there were like 50 people on this tiny little boat and, you know, how many people didn't make it. So it's it's like a, a very, um, it's just so uh, touching to see that what people do to get into this country of ours, you know, the risks that they'll take. People or women are pregnant and they get on these boats makeshift boats to come into this country to have their freedom was really very moving. It was such a powerful thing to see um, what people in other lands go through um, just to come here where we are so fortunate to have our freedom. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, they take it for granted a little bit of, you know, living in this country and, you know, all the, um, uh, the things we experience here. Uh, that people are trying, you know, so desperately to get here through, you know, means of like that, you know, a very uh, makeshift boat. I've seen people like make uh, cars, like cars and trucks. Make, oh, like, yeah. Yes. So, and, and try to, which, you know, it just, it, it's not safe, you know, you know, trying to get over here, the risks they take to, to make exactly. it here. Exactly. It was really very moving. My dad was a, an immigrant from Sicily during World War II. And so I grew up with a great appreciation for this country because of him telling us our whole lives how lucky we are to live here and that, you know, what what he didn't have where he came from, especially he was in war-torn Italy, so they didn't really have much of anything. But my grandmother was originally born in Tampa, Florida. And then when she was like two years old, they moved back to Sicily. So when the war was over, she was able to come here because she was really an American citizen. And um, it was, you know, we saw that firsthand then seeing this, this area on the naval base to see what people will risk to come here. Definitely. And I think, you know, you know looking at like, the, you know, the big picture of everything that, you know, with everything, the, the risk that people take, you know, just, just to get here is, is incredible. And uh, it just shows you know, how lucky, you know, I was born and raised here, and how lucky I am to, to be here. Yes, definitely. So uh, a very, very cool moment. I, I didn't really know, you know, wasn't too familiar about any of that. So it was very, thank you so much for sharing it. Cause that's, it, it's, it really gives you perspective on life. It does, it really does. This whole, my whole experience traveling to bases and meeting the people I met was, was something that was such a gift for me. And I had so many of these people thanking me for what I did to come and perform. And it was, I can't thank them enough for their sacrifice. And so, um, you know, yeah, that that's probably the best, all of that, that military touring was probably the most, uh, the most, um, you know, meaningful of, of everything I've done. With my original music, yeah, I definitely, I definitely believe that. And you know, they, thank you so much for for sharing those great stories, especially for you know me not being you know very familiar with that. Just to, just hear those stories really does move me. 
That's awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate you asking. Of course. And as I'm kind of wrapping up this interview, so JD, what are your plans uh, for the rest of this year? Well, I have started working on a show that I'm going to be doing in October, October 14th at Arts Garage in Delray, Delray Beach, Florida. And I am so excited for this show because it is the first all original show I'm going to be playing. And the premise behind this whole show is it's a story of my life through my music. And I'm just, I can't wait to do this. I'm writing a, um, a, bi a biography in the form of what they call a zine, which is like a magazine. So it's not quite a book because I don't have time to write a book between now and then, but um, it's going to be my life and the journey, my journey with music and the songs tell the story, tell most of the story. So I'm so excited for the show. We started working on this like two months ago and uh, and going forward, we're gonna be tightening things up and and I just can't wait to take them, hopefully take that on the road. That sounds really uh, awesome to hear. I definitely, I look forward to checking that out when it, when it's fully completed, but you know, you know, again, we, the uh, universal language is music and just, you know, to connect with that, to tell a story through, through your music and through the zine, I bet it, it I bet it's going to turn out really awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Of course. But uh, if, if anyone's curious, uh, where can they find you and follow you online? Um, the, the best one-stop shop is jddanner.com. And that's my website. And then there'll be connections to all of my music. All my music is on the website. And then also to my social media. Everything's there at jddanner.com. Right on. I'm going to leave uh, some links in the description with the website link as well. Please check out Stream Support. Give a like to JD Danner. You got some great things in the work. I definitely look forward to uh, seeing them fully complete uh, later this year. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you, Matthew. Of course, for J.D. Danner, I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty. <laughs>